It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Someone wants the entire Reds farm system for one player. We'll tell you who on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that love for the game and that love for the Reds, and we have turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, we are going to discuss whether or not it's time for Nick Crawl to walk away from trade talks with the Chicago White Sox for Dylan Cease. Uh, can Nick Lodolo be the starting pitcher we have been looking for all along to lead this rotation. A lot of conversation around that of late. We are also going to uh, take a look at some minor transactions that the Reds have made, and at least one of them could see some major league playing time in 2024. But before we get into all of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 in your bank account to, to wager with if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. And where we're going to get started, Jeff, is this <laughs> continued talks of the Reds and the White Sox. Now, it seems pretty clear that the Reds are, in fact, pretty heavily engaged in conversation with the Chicago White Sox for Dylan Cease. And that's fine. I have no problem with conversation. Uh, But as we're going to discuss here coming up, uh, the White Sox asking price, for me anyway, uh, should have Nick Crawl packing his bag and walking away from the negotiation table and not looking back. Yeah, it's interesting because there's been a lot of reports that Nick Kroll and the Reds were engaged with the White Sox even before the trade deadline last year about trying to acquire starters. I think at that point they were talking more about Lucas Giolito than they were talking about Dylan Cease, but the White Sox and Reds have had a dialogue for a while now about a trade. And do you remember how there, there was a trade proposal that there, it was like a Chicago radio personality had said, you know, for Dylan Cease that, you know, I was kind of in on, you were kind of out on, but honestly, it seemed like the Reds could actually get that deal done. Well, things got a whole lot more expensive. And now I have no interest in this. You said you have no interest in this. We don't want to see the Reds make this trade. Friend of the podcast, Jason Williams, reported that the White Sox, the White Sox asked the Reds for Rhett Lauder, Connor Phillips, Edward Arroyo, and at least one more prospect. This was on top of the fact that the the Chicago radio personality, uh, Bruce Levine, for 670 The Score, said a couple of weeks ago that they asked for Rhett Lauder, Chase Petty, uh, Edwin Arroyo, or no, I'm sorry, Rhett Lauder, Chase Petty, and two position player prospects right around in the top 10 of the Reds' farm system. So basically, they... this is the Reds' entire farm system. All of the top guys would go to Chicago... For one player, this is 
ridiculous. This is like when you're playing, if, if you play fantasy sports and you got that guy in your league that's just like, yeah, I'm looking to trade my number one pick. I'm looking to trade my first round pick. You're like, oh, yeah, what do you want? And you're like, well, I want your first round pick, your second round pick, your third round pick, your fifth round pick, and then let's swap our guys that we picked in the 10th round. You're like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. That's exactly what Nick Crawl should say to them. And, and this is a, a product, and again, I'm going to blame the Los Angeles Dodgers for this because they have now set yeah. the free agent starting pitching market on fire. They just dumped a big vat of gasoline right on top of it and tossed a match in. That's what the Dodgers have done. So it, it, makes, it makes the trade market also jump up. I still think the Reds' smartest, best play for a starting pitcher is to go sign a big money two- to three-year deal. Somebody that's still available in the starting pitcher free agent market. Listen, and if that means overpaying, if that means giving Blake Snell 40 million for three, cool, do it. And, and again, this is not my money. This is Bob's cabbage money. So let's spend it. Spend. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it. It makes sense in a lot of ways, Jeff, because as you and I have talked about both off the air and, you know, on episodes, uh, it seems that the Reds plan, it seems that Nick Crawl's plan is that whatever he does, he still has a lot of flexibility once the arbitration numbers start kicking in for all of these rookies. Once the contract values start driving up, once players are in a position maybe for the Reds to buy out some of their arbitration years and do a Hunter Green type deal with other players, Nick Crawl wants flexibility. And for that to work, if they go sign somebody big money now, it has to come off the books in time. A three-year deal for a stud starting pitcher would get that done. And, and I don't care what the average annual value looks like. And I don't think the Reds front office should care. They are $50 million away right now from league average. Yeah, right. you heard me right. 50 million <laughs> away from just league average. So if they dropped 30 or 40 on a starting pitcher for the next two to three years, they could still cry poverty. They could still talk about being a small market and being under league average and payroll. All of the narratives they like to have. They could keep all of that and they could fill this rotational need. What is clear to me, is you cannot trade all of these guys for one starting pitcher. And not even, listen, you and I have argued back and forth of whether or not Dylan Cease should be considered in the stud starting pitcher market. He's good. I think he's a right. good starting pitcher. He would be a good addition to this rotation. But I just don't know that he strikes fear in the hearts of opponents. And, and that's what you would be looking for if you gave up all these guys. You would be wanting to get a dude back that, that strikes fear in the heart of the opponents every fifth day. And I don't think Dylan Cease is that. I'm not when opposed I, to trading any of those five guys, though, Jeff. Not opposed to trading any of those five guys. I'm just opposed to trading all of those guys <laughs> in one deal for one player. Right. And, you know, we talk about this a lot and, and there's always that, that whole question of, well, are you really sure you want the Reds mortgaging their future for a guy? And usually our rebuttal is they're not mortgaging the entire future because they're only giving up a couple prospects. This is what mortgaging the future looks like. This is too much for one player. I mean, the thing with with all of this is like, and I love this comparison. Our friend Doug Gray over at Red Leg Nation wrote something about this. He was just like, look, the, the, the Reds got an awesome haul for Luis Castillo, who was having an amazing year whenever they traded him. Dylan Cease is kind of coming off of a down year. Dylan Cease is kind of coming off of a year where you had to do what I did and go into the peripherals and go into the sabermetrics and be like, well, you know, he he was showing some signs that this isn't really who he was and that the, the ERA was kind of unlucky and things like this. 
You didn't have to do that for Luis Castillo. And what the White Sox are asking for is far more than what the Reds got for Luis Castillo. So I feel like that is where the comparison should be like, okay, Nick Crawl probably hung up the phone after he heard about this deal. And kind of, you know, looking at the trade market as a whole. It doesn't sound like he did hang up the phone. That's that's the most interesting part of this whole deal. This this whole thing has now drug out and there's continued to be bits of new information. And 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 clearly the White Sox are leaking some stuff and and because Jason Williams was on the reporting from uh, some of this deal, it sounds like the Reds front office, which they rarely do this, but it sounds like the Reds front office put some pieces out there so that they don't look bad in the in the court of public opinion. Uh, but to me, that says, you know, as you mentioned, they've had loose conversations all the way back to the last trade deadline. So I don't think he's pulled the plug on it yet. But my hope is that now that they're leaking information to the media, that one of these two parties is looking to walk away. Either Chicago saying, well, the Reds won't budge. They won't give us what we want. We're moving on. Or Nick Kroll saying, it's just too much. I can't do it. I think we're almost there. But up till now, I don't think they have. I think talks have continued and are ongoing. And and maybe there's a fracture coming. But right now, they're still talking. And everydayers will know how how these rumors have really developed and how everything has sort of ebbed and flowed and roller coaster up and down the hill and all this other stuff. If you if you learn anything from what we're talking about, it's that when we hear rumors, when we hear leaked information, one of two things is true. Something's about to happen or somebody involved in the negotiation doesn't like how the negotiation is going, which is 90% of all rumors. Uh, you know, when you hear about, you know, players who are being contacted by teams, the mystery team and all this other stuff, like they want something more. And in this case, I think the Reds are saying, look, they want too much. And if they're going to get something, they've got to get a little bit less than what they're asking for, because they're asking for the moon. And it kind of gives you a look at the trade market as a whole. Like, and this is something that I really want to go in depth more on tomorrow because you and I were talking about this in our prep, but the guardians have even seen this and have said, and according to Ken Rosenthal on his podcast, he was saying that the guardians want to add Emmanuel Classe, their closer to any Shane Bieber trade. The reason for that is obvious. He didn't say this, but it's pretty obvious to read between the lines here. They're not getting the offers that they want. For Shane Bieber, they know they can get it if they offer their closer, who has two years of guaranteed con- team control and two club options on top of that. So technically four years of control, and they can just jack up that trade price if they include this guy in here. So the trade market right now is on fire, and whoever comes in with a fire extinguisher and figures their way through this thing is going to get a good pitcher. But I think I'm with you. I think I just rather the reds go sign the guy off the free agent list and, and not worry about any of this because right now it just, it doesn't feel like the reds are going to make a trade. I, I said, I said that the reds would make a trade for a pitcher. And the more and more that I've seen all these updates and these rumors and this news and all this stuff, I I, I don't think I believe it anymore. No, I I'm right there with you. I think, either sign a huge money short-term deal starting pitcher or uh, an exercise we can drop into maybe tomorrow's show uh, following that Cleveland Guardian conversation is maybe identify just a couple innings eaters that are, are more low budget. Yeah. Not not the low budget way that Nick Crawl's done things in the past. I'm not talking about waiver wire guys <laughs> or let's see who's available at the end of spring training guys. But, you know, guys that are, are, are average 
innings eating type guys that you can have around as spare parts for a rotation. Maybe that's something to start looking at as well. But uh, one thing's for sure, Jeff, uh, this is far from being done. The Reds are nowhere near making a trade for Dylan Cease, and they really are seemingly nowhere near signing a big money starting pitcher either. They seem to be kind of languishing, but there's a lot of time left. There is a lot of time left, and it'd be interesting to see how they move. Now, there are some that believe that they don't need to move, and in fact are labeling Nick Lodolo as the possible big addition to the starting pitching staff this offseason. Is he? We'll discuss. Coming up next. Before we do that, I want to tell you about today's sponsor. That's FanDuel. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and take advantage of this awesome promo offer. Your first $5 money line bet. $5. That's all you need to place on a money line for a team to win. If you win, you get $150 in bonus bets back with that win. You don't get those kind of odds on a $5 money line, but trust me. And this is an amazing promo offer because FanDuel has so many great promo offers as we are going into the stretch run of the NFL season. The playoffs are near. We've got NBA basketball going on, college basketball. We're heading into conference schedule season. That's a lot of excitement. Hockey as well. I love to throw a couple of bones on a hockey game every so often. And you can check it out too. So many options to choose from, all the different fun ways. My favorite, of course, same game parlays. You know, you're talking about player stats, putting them all together. NBA games, it's a great way to enjoy an NBA game, even just a little bit more. I know we don't have like a local team. Like, I guess the Pacers are as close as we have as to a local team here in Cincinnati. But, you know, if you're turning on an NBA game, check out a single game parlay there on FanDuel or check out some baseball futures. I was looking at this. The Reds are plus 450 to win the NL Central. Of course, force best odds. FanDuel, I don't know what they're smoking. They got the Cardinals as the favorites to win the NL Central. Yeah, JD, I'm talking to you over there, Locked On Cardinals. That's nuts! Anyway, if you want to throw some couple of bucks or some futures it's fanduel.com slash locked on and take advantage of that five dollar money line bet offer with 150 dollars in bonus bucks back fanduel.com slash locked on they're an official partner of the nfl and the official sports book of locked on thanks as always for making locked on reds your first listen every single day every day is coming up on the next locked on reds podcast could the reds Make a deal with the Guardians for Shane Bieber and Emmanuel Classe. Steve and I will discuss. And of course, before we get back into the Nicoladolo talk, a reminder Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel all right steve um my brain itches from what we're about to talk about right now because yes i love nick lodolo i love what we saw from his rookie season but the same nick lodolo who was named the most impactful addition that the reds will get in their starting rotation at last year's trade deadline has now been named the most impactful addition that the reds will get in their starting rotation this offseason why are we doing this to ourselves well, first off, let's let's put it in a little bit of context. You know, it is a long off season and people are looking to fill column inches. They're looking to fill storylines. <laughs> they're looking to get clicks and gain momentum and 
drive their metrics and all of the things that happen with media and social media and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why we're talking about Nick Lodolo. That's why this is out there right now. Uh, here's the thing. Could Nick Lodolo be that frontline guy that the Reds have been looking for all along? Of course he could be, but, but here's the problem. Nick Lodolo now has two seasons under his belt. He'll be heading into his third year. Although when you look at what he's actually done in those three years, uh, in, in those two seasons, rather, uh, neither one of those did he accomplish a full season. In his rookie campaign, he managed 19 starts, 103 innings. Uh, he had that back injury, if you recall, that sidelined him for a while in 2022 and, and kept him from having a full season. When he did pitch in 2022, the numbers were not bad at all. 103 innings, a 3.66 ERA, uh, strikeouts per nine of 11.4, while a base on balls per nine of just 3.4. Rookie season, I'll take that. That's the guy we want. 2023, different story. In just seven starts, 34 innings, a 6.29 ERA, uh, he was not good. He was not good. He, he just have it. Obviously he was pitching injured and, and here's yeah. the thing. He was pitching injured again, two years, two injuries. One of them cost him two thirds of a season. You can't go in to 2024 counting on that guy to be your ace. Now, he can be your ace, and if he becomes your ace, if he suddenly puts together his first full healthy season, then by God, that's icing on the cake. Yay. But you can't approach building a division winner. You can't approach building what should be a playoff team in 2024. You can't build your hopes. We've talked about that word. You can't build your hopes around that guy. Yeah, because what does it all boil down to when you're talking about Nick Lodolo? You hope. You hope he's mm -hmm. healthy. You hope that he takes the next step. You hope that he's as good as he is in, as he was in 2022. It's all hope. And I've said this before. We said this on the live show last week, the Aloha Friday on a Thursday, which by the way, Aloha Friday is going to be on a Friday this week. Um, but I said this last week, there's a difference between potential and reliable. What the Reds have right now is potential. They need somebody who's reliable. Nick Lodolo does not fall under the reliable category right now. And as sacrilegious as that sounds to say that one of the young guys of this team is not reliable. Look, everything about the Reds right now is potential. And I think that's why we see things like what FanDuel has their odds at to win the division and things like that, where people aren't quite buying it because they just don't think that the Reds have a proven commodity. They have a potential commodity and that is what we're talking about with Nicoladola because first question that you have when you're talking about Nicoladola in the starting rotation next year can he stay healthy that that's the that's the first question because he is talented he's got great stuff he's got that back foot breaker that makes dudes look like fools at the plate and I love watching him pitch but if he can't be on the field then all of that's superfluous because you're not on the field you're not going to help the team if you're not on the field so he's got to prove that and I think that, you know, when we look at where he could go, what he could do, what he could be for this Reds team, I think we have to ask ourselves, can he stay healthy? And does that question entail a change of roles in order for him to prove that? Now, see, this is where you're going to take our conversation to talking about starting him off in the bullpen. And you and I are going to fight about this. So. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and make your case? Go ahead and make your case for vanquishing 
No, 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 no. I, 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 the, 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 this is this is this is something that I've heard, and I feel like it's worth discussing. But I actually think we're going to agree on this because I'm not one that believes that if you throw a bullpen, like they're two different animals, right? To be a bullpen pitcher, to be a starting pitcher, you almost have to have a completely different lifestyle. We've talked with our with our friend Carlos Guevara about that. Like to be a starting pitcher, you can have a routine. To be a bullpen pitcher, you can't. There's no such thing as routine. So, and, and you can try to build a little bit of one, but it, it's, it's kind of weird that way. Like I've seen some people suggest on Twitter and on the internets and things like that, that he moved to the bullpen to prove that he can stay healthy. I think that would just introduce him to a whole nother line of injuries that he could suffer. So I don't necessarily know that that is the answer, but I do think it brings up an interesting question. And that is, is his future in the rotation or is it in the bullpen? Oh, his future is in the rotation. Uh, it, moving okay. Nick Lodolo to the bullpen uh, admits defeat. The Reds front office would have to just totally Roll concede defeat. Yeah. To, 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 and I don't think that they're going to do that. Here's the thing. With Nick Lodolo, his injuries, you know, as injured as he's been, you know, both seasons as a major leaguer, neither of his injuries had anything to do with his arm. Uh, you know, low back injury in 2022. And then this weird stress injury, stress right. fracture to his tibia that somehow he managed to re aggravate uh, going through his rehab work. Uh, that gives me concern. But again, it's not his arm and, and bones genuine generally rather heal stronger when there's been a break, when there's been an injury. So my hope is that what really happened in 2023 with that re-injury is that he rushed back. And 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 yeah. that will get me started again on the Reds medical staff. We're not going to go down that road today. But but for me, know how you feel. <laughs> I really think that's what happened. I think he rushed back. So now that he's been shut down for a long period of time, my hope is he enters spring training. The leg is fine. And again, there was nothing wrong with his arm. He has demonstrated that his arm is starting pitcher caliber. So if yeah. his leg is right and his mechanics are right, there's no reason to move him to the bullpen. You move guys to the bullpen out of the rotation when they can't give you the innings, when they can't give you the number of pitches that you need, when they can't be effective multiple times through a lineup. Nick Lodolo's none of those things. He can give you the pitches. He can give you the innings as much as any other starter in Major League Baseball right now. And he has demonstrated that he can go multiple times through the lineup. So you don't put that guy in the bullpen. That's a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. So for me, if his leg is right, we know his arm is healthy. You keep him in the rotation. But I don't, I don't count on that guy to be our number one A starter until such time as he goes and snatches that title that is available. It's up for grabs. There's nobody in the Reds rotation right now that holds that title. And I think that leads me to my next question about Nick Lodolo, and that is, is Nick Lodolo the main reason you sign a veteran starting pitcher at least this year? Because he's got the talent, he's got the potential, he's not the reliable one. In fact, when you look up and down this pitching staff, there's no one that you can really label as reliable. And if Nick Lodolo is now at least conjecturally being termed the big addition of the offseason, then 
you do need to go out and sign somebody because we're talking about a guy that eats innings, that pitches 30 starts, hopefully like around an ERA of like four, or if it's in the case of like Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, even lower than that, that you're talking about a bona fide dude. Nicoladolo is not a bona fide dude. And I think for me, he is the reason you go out and you sign one of those guys. No, you're, you're correct. And you can't listen, folks, you can never have too much pitching. You just can't do it. So, I mean, right now on paper, if you look at the Reds, if 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 we we built the position players, Jeff, we have yet to really spend a lot of time talking about the pitching staff, but we kind of know what it looks like. If you look at the pitchers now, you have a rotation that's Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, Andrew Abbott. If you go get any seasoned veteran starter, that's your five already. And we didn't talk about Brandon Williamson. We didn't talk about right. Connor Phillips. We didn't talk about Chase Petty. We didn't talk about Lion Richardson. We didn't talk about Levi Stout. We didn't talk about a number of other guys that have shown some potential to be a starting pitcher. So that's a lot of pitching. That's good depth to have. If they go get a starting pitcher, and somewhere along the way, figure out they don't need him. If Nick Lodolo proves to be the guy, if some of these other dudes step up and create a surplus, well, guess what? Pitching is expensive at the trade deadline, and you would be in a position of strength to deal for that power outfield bat that you might be lacking. You would be in position to deal for a couple relievers to bolster the bullpen uh, halfway through the season and keep everybody from being tired. Positions of strength, Jeff, that's what they could create just by going and adding one more starting pitcher. Yeah, I think, and, and this is the key number for that because how many how many pitchers started a game for the Reds last year? Was it five? No. Was it six? Whoa. Was it seven? No. You don't, you don't have enough for that. <laughs> 17. 17 pitchers started a game for the Reds last year. There's no reason for me to, to poo-poo the adding of a starting pitcher. The Reds absolutely would benefit from doing that. And I think that Nick Lodolo is kind of the perfect guy. Look, if Nick Lodolo can stay healthy, then he can make an impact. Until we know that, though, the Reds need to be prepared. Well, they're not impact moves, Jeff, but the Reds did make a few minor moves that could impact, well, they could impact the depth. And, and at least one of these signings could end up seeing some time in the majors in 2024. We'll tell you who and we'll tell you why coming up next. You can follow us in between episodes on the social media platforms, Twitter, X, X-Men, whatever we're calling ourselves. Just follow us. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, head over to Discord. We have a great community on our Discord server. The link for that is down in the description. We're talking baseball. We're talking bingles. We're talking gaming. We're talking all of the things. There's a little channel in there for everybody, and we hope that you can join us also if you haven't done so yet bookmark inside the reds.com jeff is the main man writing over there along with james rapine there's lots of us pitching in to help when we can i'm doing some things over there uh ricky chino's doing some things over there uh, did i leave anybody out there's a good crew over there austin elmore yeah. austin elmore is doing over there as well so lots of good coverage in written form uh, just like you can expect to get here uh that we talk about the reds we're also writing about the reds at inside the reds.com and look, if you're if if we get to be called X Men, I will call Twitter X all day. I'll call it X. Like, just I I need to be I need to know that I can be an X Men. All right, I'm gonna need to see you wear your claws for the next episode. Then. I know you have them. I've seen them. I've seen them laying around the house. Maybe.
We'll see. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some signings. Uh, the Reds did make a few more minor additions to the roster, Jeff. And let's start with the guy that I think could actually maybe see could sniff the major leagues in 2024. Uh, and, and he was signed as outfield depth. That is uh, somebody that you written about recently over at inside the reds.com. Yeah. Connor Capel, uh, who actually spent some time with the A's last season, the Reds signed him to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. And depending on how he plays in spring training, I think he could push Barrero. He's not going to push for a starting spot or anything like that, but he could be a bench outfielder for the Reds. He's only played in 54 career major league games across two seasons, 2022 and 2023. He played a little bit with the Cardinals in 2022, just nine games. And then he played the rest of the time with the A's. Uh, he was, he was a waiver claim by the A's that season. Now last year, or, oh, I'm sorry, not last year over his career. Uh, he only has 125 at bats. So to say that we know what we know about him is false. We, we don't know what we know about him, but he has a 280 career batting average and an OPS of 774, heavily leaning toward the on-base side than the slugging side. He's not a very big power hitter, but he has shown the kind of plate discipline that at least makes you wonder if he could be a bench option. Do you happen to know off the top of your head what his options status is? is does he have options remaining yeah i think so because he's got less uh, he's not like hit that line of experience where the options go away um he, he's i think he has let me confirm uh, while you're looking it up here's why i bring one option up. he's got one option so he's yeah. got an option so he's perfect in as much that they need a person that they can mm -hmm. send up and down to to fill in when there's been an injury to fill in if a, a guy is tired they always have had that one guy and looking at what's going on with Louisville right now, it's not clear who that one guy is going to be. Jose Barrero is out of options. They have talked about him being on the active roster and being a part of the team all year. So I, I think that, that in that, in that regard, this is a great role to, to sign somebody into and with the Reds outfield depth, not being great. Um, it makes sense that they sign an outfielder to this role. Somebody that can can ride the express back and forth between Cincinnati and Louisville and fill in when they need somebody to fill in. And I find it interesting, too. There's a little bit, and this is a little bit more of like a, a trivia note than it is anything that's going to help him get a roster spot. But he was a fifth-round pick by the Cleveland Guardians the same draft, 2016, that the Cleveland Guardians selected Will Benson in the first round. So these guys actually have overlapped a little bit. So that's that's kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's going to depend heavily on what his spring looks like compared to Jose Barrero's. Do they want to basically move on? Because if they choose that Jose Barrero is not going to be on the 26th man roster, he will have to be put on uh, waivers because he has no more options, like we mentioned. Uh, and you could be you you could lose. Barrero. So would they be willing to lose Barrero for Capel? More than likely, I think his role will be kind of what you said. He'll be the uh, the on the Louisville Express uh, outfield depth kind of guy. Well, and other transaction news, the Reds have failed at catcher. <laughs> no, they didn't fail. Uh, they just signed a guy named Fail. John Fail. Catcher, um, he played independent ball last year for a team that uh, most uh, Reds diehard fans will know. The Billings Mustangs 
uh, whenever the minor leagues contracted, the Reds lost Billings. Uh, Billings is now an independent ball team. But John Fail actually uh, played catcher for them last year and played in 54 games and slugged 21 homers. Dude can kind of hit at least an independent ball. Don't know what that means for the major leagues, but uh, he he played uh, some college ball up until 2022 in Division II, NCAA Division II for North Greenville. And he actually set the Division II career record for home runs. So that that's kind of an, a little, you know, fun note of him. He'll be a fun spring training story to follow. Don't think he's pushing for a roster spot. Maybe he becomes the the guy below Austin Wins because we said Austin Wins is probably going to move into that Chucky Robinson role because he's kind of got a two way contract. I think that you know. There's maybe a spot open behind there because, look, the Reds' catching depth in their farm system is not great. Could this guy play his way into it? Yeah, maybe. But I I, I think that it's going to be more interesting. I love watching these independent ball stories because these are guys that didn't give up on their dreams. He was not drafted out of college. So he's like, you know what? I'm still going to play some baseball. And, hey, he got himself an invite to spring training. So I'm interested to see kind of how that plays out for him. And as, as much as you need, uh, you can't have enough pitching during the season, Jeff, during spring training, you cannot have enough catchers. There are right. so many guys trying to get their work in so many guys throwing bullpens squad and games. Games. Yeah, you, you, need, need, you need tons of catchers. So, you know, if anything, he'll, he'll get some film and get some time with, uh, some bona fide and instructors and coaches out in, in Goodyear, and that'll help further his career. And then there's one more signing you wanted to talk about, uh, as far as a pitcher goes. Yeah, and he's going to be kind of just a spring training arm as well. These are these are guys in a lot of this, you know, when we talk about minor league moves and minor signings that the Reds make, a lot of this is just to circle this guy's name, you know, for late in spring training games. Look, if you're like me and you're just addicted to baseball and it's like February 20, how many days are in February? Whatever, you know, March 2nd and you're watching spring training games and it's like the fifth inning and all of a sudden all these subs come in. You're like, who are these guys? This is what we're talking about. We circle these names so you at least know them whenever they come in. Brooks Krisky is a pitcher that you'll see in spring training. Don't know that you'll see much else of him because he's been a little bit rough. He does have some major league service time. 21 and two-thirds innings to be precise. And uh, Steve, how high is that ERA in 21 and two-thirds innings? Um, wasn't it like uh, 14 or no, 11.22? Yeah, not much lower than 14. So, yeah, you got to use two hands to count up his career ERA. That's not great. Um, now, he did lower it last year. Uh, six and two-thirds innings, he had a 4.05 ERA for the Royals. But no, well, he, look, we're not talking about a guy that's going to push fast. Did they? Did he get the team pitcher award for? <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a lower ERA than Amir Garrett. Every day, oh, I also know what that is. Um, yeah, better, no, he's he's dug out. You better be careful. <laughs> it's he's a spring training arm. That's that's all he is. All right. I think that's fun spot to go ahead and wrap it up. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. We are going to look and see if the Reds could make a deal with the Guardians for Shane Bieber and Emmanuel Classe. Uh, I think you're going to be surprised at what our answer is on that. Uh, so make sure you have subscribed. Make sure you are tuned in. Jeff, what can the folks expect from us the rest of this offseason? 
They can expect for us to be locked on the rumors, locked on the rumblings, locked on the grumblings, locked on the transactions. And they can expect us to know that in fact, Brooks Christie did have a higher ERA than Amir Garrett last year. Amir Garrett's ERA was 3.33, but it was 4.96 in 2022. So I got one of those things, right? Anyway, they can expect us to be locked on reds every single day. Steve, you should know by now that I do like Wolverine a lot, but I'm more of a Cyclops guy, more of a Cyclops guy. Amir Garrett is going to whoop your ass. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.